You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Lisa Keefe, Editor-in-Chief of Meeting Place and Alt Meat. Welcome to this month's Meeting Pod episode dedicated to the meat alternatives market. The foundation of consumer support for alternative meats has always been with the millennials and Gen Z. The Good Food Institute sees the future of the industry in the younger demographics as well, specifically on college campuses. The GFI's Alt Protein Project is a network of student organizations on campuses globally. With help from GFI, the students organize events and seminars. They also petition the faculty to get involved and do research in the field. Amy Wang is GFI's point person for the Alt Protein Project. Her title is University Innovation Manager. Amy spent some time with Alt Meat talking about the project and its goals. Tell me more about this origin story. How did this idea come up? Whose idea was it? Yeah, so zooming out a little bit, you and I both know that there are so many exciting things unfolding in the alternative protein field every single day. It's tempting to get caught up in that buzz, but GFI's role is really to zoom out and zoom out from this day-to-day buzz and take a look at the big picture over the long game all around the world. So the question we're always asking is, what is it actually going to take for us to feed the world, feed the whole world with alternative proteins? And there are so many white spaces that exist on this roadmap from where we are today and where we need to be to actually scalably and sustainably feed the world. But one thing was really clear to me, and that's that academic institutions really need to embrace alternative protein research and education. So we need passionate educators, we need forward thinking university administrators, we need Brilliant students and scientists all putting their brains together to accelerate progress in the alternative protein field, both because we need basic science, the kind of technological progress to move faster, and from the perspective of training the people who will actually be the backbone of our industry. So with this in mind, knowing that we needed academic institutions to focus on alt-protein research and education. My co-pilot at the time, former geofire Annie Osborne, and I basically asked who better to shift institutional priorities than the student demographic. So that's why in February of 2020, just a few weeks before the pandemic, We launched the Alt Protein Project around this hypothesis that students were really the game changers. And we started with a cohort of pilot groups, around five pilot groups. And now, only a year and some change later, we're looking at a a strong community of 16 universities around the world. What were the five campuses that you initially started on, and how did you choose those campuses? So we started with UC Berkeley, UC Davis. CU Boulder, Tel Aviv University, and our fifth university was UNC Chapel Hill. 
And we started with these groups because we were already connected with some of the students who we knew were energized and mission aligned. And also because we thought these universities had true hub potential. So we thought that all of these universities had some mix of the right disciplines, the right academic and research strengths and infrastructure, you know, research institutes and the like, and were kind of geographically proximate to agricultural or biotech innovation hubs. So that's really why we were excited to experiment with these first five universities. When you say close geographically to biotech and innovation hubs, I'm kind of wondering how you are defining that because I'm thinking of the universities themselves as the biotech and innovation hubs, but I think Mm -hmm. maybe you're talking about an industry. Yeah, you're right that universities themselves are engines for innovation, but having close ties to industry, which is where, you know, academic research is translated into real world commercial impact. We found that to be important because we don't just want the research that we that we catalyze to stay in, in the realm of academia. We want that to be translated ultimately into products that end up on dinner tables that feed people. What would you say are the other primary goals of this program? So the goal of the program is to transform universities into engines for alternative protein research, education, and innovation. So we want to create a steady, really easily identifiable stream of talent that flows into the alternative protein field. And that means we need more education and training programs. But we also want to accelerate the scientific and technological progress that's being made in our fields, right? We see so many companies doing really important research, but most of it is at the proprietary level. And so there are the same questions being explored by so many different actors, and there's not a lot of idea flow in between. Mm. So in academia, that's where some of this magic can happen, where open access research unfolds, and we can kind of advance the whole of human knowledge, if I'm being dramatic, in one go, as opposed to having this redundancy of and duplication of effort. What were the other three objectives? Right. So we covered education, research. The third is innovation, which is really about creating startups that fill important white spaces in the industry. So what startups need to be started and haven't yet been started? So it's about that. And it's about the translation of academic research, again, into the commercial setting. The fourth objective is around raising broad awareness. So the alternative protein discourse just isn't really happening at universities around the world quite yet. At least it's very nascent. And so one of the objectives of this program is to get that conversation starting, like spark the dialogue so that people start to feel energized around this call to action, that they can start to see these as career pathways and not just this novel thing that they try, you know, once every blue moon at a family barbecue or something. Mm. And then the fifth is about community building. That's kind of the central thesis of all of my work at GFI 
if we want to really build a strong workforce and get people working well together, we have to have a strong community. You're the touch point maybe for these students, but it, there's a larger thing going on here with GFI as a whole. So how, how does it sort of fit into GFI as an entity? So basically, GFI serves as an advisor, a convener, and an amplifier for these student groups. We help them decide what the most high-impact activities are. That's like, what are the courses that need starting? What kind of research needs doing? You know, what kinds of startups ought to exist in the world? And then we support them along the way, and we tell stories about the impact that they make. And because this is a global program, our goal is to really help student groups around the world collaborate really effectively together so they can borrow on each other's learnings, celebrate each other's successes, validate each other's challenges, because what they're trying to do is is rare and unusual and difficult and leverage each other's innovations and then just basically shift the narrative so much faster than if any individual group were working alone. So we really just try and convene these groups and ensure that they're working effectively together rather than in isolation. That kind of comes back to the central thesis of community being the center of the alternative protein field. I really like this phrasing of like an unusual relationship paradigm across institutions, because I really do think that what we're trying to build here is abnormal and bizarre. I feel like what we've seen more and more of is the privatization of universities. And with it, you know, we see universities behaving more and more like corporations with a bottom line. So I do think it is radical to foster inter-institutional collaboration. Models for this exist. There are research institutes and centers that are collaborations between multiple universities, but I don't think it's common to have these mini engines of, of thought leadership coalescing across the globe to really advance a common cause. And I think there's still an element of competition, right? There's still this desire to have your institution lead the charge. Um, But the truth is we're all going to get there faster if we work together. And right now, even when we zoom out and look at the entire industry, we're kind of in in some respects in a pre-competitive phase, at least when it comes to technology. There are so many foundational questions that need to be answered that we should all work together to answer before it even makes sense to have a comparative advantage, before it makes sense to establish your like differentiating factor. So yeah, I do think we're building an unusual relationship or way of relating across institutions. And it's been very, very interesting as an experience. As I said in my note, I mean, the saying goes, no business plan survives its first brush with reality. So In what ways was the program envisioned and how has that happened to come to be in the real world? What changes have you had to make? What were your early assumptions that held up? Yeah, that saying rings very true to me. I think it's fair to say that we embarked on this journey with a hypothesis. We had the skeleton of a model 
that we thought maybe this will work. And we've been pressure testing it over the last year and a half in this very like nimble, scrappy, experimental way, because we're not sure what works and what doesn't, or at least we weren't at the start. But that means that we try and we've been trying and failing pretty quickly. And it's just been this near constant evolution. So this program is in some ways unrecognizable from when we first started out of the gates because we didn't know the reaches of what were possible. And now I think we're starting to understand just how pivotal students really are and just how much they're capable of. We've seen student groups either launch or secure faculty commitment for launching over a dozen courses around the world. We've seen them influence over a dozen research projects or do research projects that are some of the first on their university campuses. We've seen them, you know, reach thousands of people who likely wouldn't otherwise have heard about alternative proteins through their various awareness building, community building events. And I think that the impression I'm leaving with is like students are really forces to be reckoned with. And it's also now we're directing our focus to building a foundation of scalable resources that will allow student leaders to have all the tools that they need to make progress on their goals without this super like high touch way of relating, I guess. Yeah. What are some of the things that I'm actually doing? I'm glad you brought up UNC Chapel Hill because they've been just such a remarkable group over the last year or so. They have been focused on knocking on doors. They reached out to 600 professors, pretty much every professor at UNC Chapel Hill, every professor at NC State for the most part, and said, will you teach a course in alternative proteins or will you incorporate alternative protein modules into existing courses? And some professors rose to the occasion and answered their call. Um, And they've been working with these professors to build courses that will be launched in the 2021 to 2022 academic year. So in spring of 2022, we've also seen groups like at Stanford, they taught a first year seminar course this past semester that had over a hundred registrants. And that was focused on reimagining meat. And and they've also been doing a lot of really fantastic work around just getting people excited. They've hosted celebrity chefs to do alt-meat cook-offs. They have actually partnered with cultivated seafood company Wild Type that's based in the Bay Area to do a cultivated salmon tasting. A few students went in and tasted cultivated salmon for the first time and Mm -hmm. then hosted a panel following. So, but I definitely think there's an opportunity to build a more diverse community. I absolutely think land-grant universities are a big opportunity here because I definitely want us to be engaging existing agricultural stakeholders You know, nobody knows meat like a meat scientist and food like a food scientist. So I think land-grant universities are really important when we think about this, like building the workforce for the alternative protein field. But I'm also thinking about institutions like historically Black colleges and universities 
and Hispanic serving institutions and other institutions that serve underrepresented communities in STEM because I think we should build a more colorful future of food. And I believe that, you know, we've talked so much today about how important diversity and inclusivity are, both diversity of background and diversity of, of thought. And I think that is true within our program and within our field. Like we just want to ensure that the roadmap we build is inclusive of every person from every walk of life, because ultimately we're trying to feed the world and the world doesn't just look like, you know, one type of person. The Alt Protein Project's network of students is looking to establish a foundation for future growth in the industry. My thanks to Amy Wang for taking the time to explain the program, and you can read more about the Alt Protein Project in the November print issue of Alt Meat Magazine. To subscribe and get access to all of our other content about the industry, go to our website at alt-meat.net. Until next time, I'm Lisa Keefe. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.